The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country, and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is March 18th, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, president uh, for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you? I am just fine this morning. Thank you, Gary. Good, good. We also have with us Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Veterans Administration, Maryland, and former Commander for the DAV. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and uh, good morning to everyone. All right. Now, Linda and Bill, are you still, did that snow finally end up there, or are you expecting more? It ended, thankfully, and we're going to be (laughs) warm today and even warmer tomorrow, so hopefully it will be gone in a couple of days. Oh, I hope so. You know, we're having strawberry festivals all over the state here. Good to know. <laughs> I have to come down. <laughs> I want I'd like to remind everyone about the two Central Florida events coming up at the end of this month. The 29th of this month is a national event day, Welcome Home Vietnam Veteran Day. VFW Post 3282 Port Orange, Florida, Volusia County is a one-day event on the 29th. It starts at 10 a.m., and they're going to have a Vietnam veteran flyover at 11.45 a.m., so if you get a chance, be sure to show up there. Also, New Smyrna Beach Balloon and Sky Fest is 2014 at the New Smyrna Airport. This is a three-day event, the 28th through the 30th, free admission for veterans at both events. Uh, Lyndon Bill, do you ever read the military.com news? Yeah, sure. You do? Well, when I read it the other day, it sort of 
uh, sort of kicked me. It was kind of funny. If you're a pilot, listen up. According to Military.com News, in addition to watching out for aerial obstacles like birds and planes uh, during takeoff, it appears that pilots should add another potential hazard to their list of concerns. Get a load of this. Flying fish. According to the story on MacDill Air Force Base's website, a plane that tried to take off from Tampa Bay Area Military Base in September was the victim of a fish strike. During takeoff, the, <laughs> during takeoff, the plane was actually struck by a nine-inch sheep's head. MacDill Air Force Base has been referring to the incident as the fish NATO. The aircraft strike hazard uh, contractor, Lindsey Garvin, said that underlying lessons, this is an underlying lessons with regards to wildlife on and around runways is necessary to keep all air crew and aircraft safe and to maintain a goal of mission readiness. Unbelievable, huh? And by the way, for people that aren't familiar with the fish called a sheep's head, it is an actual fish. It's not a sheep's head. Uh, That'd be terrible. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? Yes, Gary and Linda, today we are very delighted to have with us Anthony Anderson and Tom Ross. Anthony uh, was uh, served in the uh, Wisconsin National Guard 2002 to 2008, and he volunteered for two deployments to Iraq and served as an inf- infantryman. Uh, he left uh, the military in 2008, uh, studied and received his degree from the University of Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, uh, BS in secondary education, English in particular. Uh, Anthony has uh, served various positions at Dry Hooch since 2011. He's also the co-founder of Veterans Trek. And Tom Voss. Served three years active duty with the 25th Infantry Division out of Fort Lewis, Washington. Served also as an infantryman on active duty, assigned as a scout sniper platoon in the South Scout Sniper Platoon during recon, deployed to Iraq. Left the military in 2006. Studied social work at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And he also serves as vice president of Dry Hooch, from 2011 to 2012. He's a co-founder also. So, Anthony and Tom are the two veterans that walked 2,700 miles from Milwaukee to Los Angeles, California. They left in August and arrived uh, in uh, L.A. in February, accomplished their mission. Uh, So, Anthony and Tom... Tell us, what did the walk, the 2,700-mile walk, uh, do to bring awareness to post-traumatic stress in the dry hooch of America? Um, Well, I think to begin, um, awareness for post-traumatic stress disorder, um, I think it brought a discussion to the people that were following us, not only with um, what Tom and I shared with our own personal struggles from back home, but also kind of how we were dealing with them on the road, the insights that we were taking from people, the insights that then we were able to impart on those that followed us. And I certainly think that um, we were achieving our goal in raising awareness of that because we would have people come up to us and talk about how they were getting help or we would receive messages from people saying, you know, I never sought any sort of assistance for myself after. I just kind of dealt with it. But after following you guys and hearing your story, now I'm 
you know, in treatment or I'm attending groups or I'm talking to people. For dry hooch, I think we were able to raise awareness not only of dry hooch, but certainly um, the model that dry hooch uses of peer-to-peer, soldier-to-soldier, vet-to-vet. And I think that that resonated with quite a few people, um, not only just, you know, not just veterans, but um, everyone that we talked to, they... It's, they seem to understand that to understand what it's like to go through something, you have to have gone through it yourself. And so I think that as they heard that, um, the mission of Dry Hooch and the approach that Dry Hooch uses really seemed to, to work well with them. Right. Now, the, uh, the, uh, the monetary goal of 100000 uh, how how have we uh, uh, fared there as far as that's concerned? Uh, well, we definitely we hit the mark. Um, I think Tom, when we were getting done, we were both kind of looking at it. Tom was always very confident that we would hit our mark. I remember from the very beginning saying, "I don't know, man. I just seems like maybe we set the bar kind of high." And Tom was always like, "Don't worry. We're like, I know we're gonna do it." So um, we did. We we actually exceeded it. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to say that, yeah, the total uh, ended up being like $105,000, so uh, we're pretty happy um, that we exceeded our goal. Well, that's great. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, some of the homecoming events that you guys have experienced since you've returned. Uh, the, we had a welcome home ceremony, and uh, it was actually uh, pretty overwhelming. We had a, uh, a packed house. We had a couple hundred people um, come to uh, welcome welcome us home. Um, so they put, Dry Hoosh put together a pretty uh, a nice event for us, and uh, we got a chance to uh, address, um, you know, the people that were following us and supporting us back home in Milwaukee. So it, it was a great event. And I think, too, like we had not only family and friends and, as Tom said, supporters, but we also had uh, state military leadership talking about the importance of, um, honoring vets, supporting vets, making sure that they get the help that they need, as well as um, local politicians coming out. It was, uh, once again, Veterans Trek Day throughout Milwaukee County. So um, if anyone's ever concerned about getting a day in their honor, I will tell you um, it certainly is an honor, but you don't get any additional privileges. So don't <laughs> just, like, carry the plaque around or anything like that. Right. It's not like, key to the city. But yeah. um, it really yeah. was a nice event, and it... It gave us the opportunity to, for the first time since we left, um, meet people face-to-face and address them um, in our hometown, um, where we're from, where really our concern with veterans began as we were seeing things in our own community. So it certainly was uh, a great day for us. Well, great. Linda, do you have a question or a comment that you'd like to make at this point? Uh, thank you, Bill. Um Anthony and Tom, I think one of the things that has always struck me about your trek and your your quest was that you were always thinking that peer-to-peer was very, very important and that the two of you doing this together would make a difference. Do you feel that the message of peer-to-peer support, whether it's family supporting family, vets supporting vets, etc., has made a bigger impact since you were able to demonstrate it so ably? Um, I think so. I mean, I think the uh, peer-to-peer approach, um, you know, wasn't taken very seriously uh, at first, at least, at least in our area, at least the Milwaukee area. And um, 
I, I think it's it's really important because you look back on um, you know veterans in the past. You look at World War II veterans who had time to decompress when they were on their ships back home, mm-hmm. and they got to um, hang out with you know everyone that you know survived and kind of uh, uh, decompressed together over the months. And nowadays we don't have that. Nowadays you're on a flight, and 18 hours later you're home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in some cases you're, you're separating within months of, of getting home and you don't have that time. So, um, I think it's really important that veterans and family members, um, support each other, um, through this because they're the only ones that know, um, you know, what they've been through and it's, uh, easier to connect with, uh, someone you can relate with. So true. Do you feel also that the goal of Dry Hooch to provide places for people to come and to talk with one another has also been amplified by your walk and, and by your experience and all the media that has followed you? No, I think so. I think that what we were able to talk about with Dry Hooch, um, specifically the veterans that we met with along the way, they all seemed to be very desirous of a place where they could go Mm-hmm. where the mission of Dry Hooch um, was kind of leading the reason for the existence of that place, to have a place where veterans and their families can come, to have a place where uh, the community can come and learn and, you know, support veterans, to have a place where their service is honored, um, where there's no pretense for why you're there. People understand that maybe it's just loss of camaraderie. You want to be around other vets, you want to be able to speak that same jargon, well, you can do that there. If you want to just find a place to just sit there and talk about your day because maybe the day is being uh, a bit overwhelming for you, you can do that. And so when we're telling people about this place and about their mission and about their approach, uh, I I really don't remember a single person that didn't understand why it was important to have or want it. Um, and I think that specifically in our communities around Milwaukee, um, the, the awareness that we were able to bring to Dry Hooch was something that I know was working. Um, just for instance, like my wife was at work, and she, ter- she heard uh, two non-veteran co-workers talking about Dry Hooch because they heard about these guys that were walking to California. Mm. So in that way, I think that it's very important what we did because people that otherwise wouldn't even be spending their time thinking about veterans for one second or a community-based agency, nonprofit in their community, or anything like that. Right. Just, We're going to take small things. I think that it certainly worked to Dry Hooch's advantage and to veterans' advantage. Right. So if everybody could hold that thought, we're going to take a short break. Uh, I'm here with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Anthony and Tom. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our heroes, veteran trek heroes, Anthony and Tom. And, and I'd like to ask a question. Out the homecoming, uh, you were just a little bit under uh, the goal, and you had uh, a gentleman come by. Uh, can you tell us that story of one of your supporters? Um Right as we were about to get done, we had raised about $80,000 um, by the time we got to Santa Monica, maybe a little bit more. And uh, over the course of the time that we spent coming home, we were able to raise a couple more thousand dollars for Dry Hooch. Well, one of the things that happened when we came home was a lot of additional media. And during one of those media opportunities, um, an 81-year-old Korean War veteran uh, who's a business owner in Milwaukee um, saw one of the stories about us, and he contacted us uh, and said that he wanted to make sure that we reached our goal. And so he came to our homecoming event where we, again, were collecting donations. And when we were done, we added everything up, and he wrote a check for the balance um, to ensure that we would hit our goal, which was over $14,000. The amazing thing was that after he donated, we again received, you know, a few more donations, and that's what actually kind of put us over the top then. So without his uh, very generous gift, uh, we wouldn't have been able to hit the goal, you know, in the time that we were hoping to. Wow, that guy's, uh, he, he's unbelievable. What, you know, great supporter, great supporter of the veteran truck. Yeah, right. I mean, and that, that sort of stuff would happen. You know, every mm-hmm. now and then, we never, we never really had someone call us up out of the blue and say, here's what I want to give you. But every now and then you'd see someone or a student veteran group 
that would put together um, a little bit bigger of a donation. And oftentimes, too, and a lot of these things went unreported by us because we didn't really know how to cite them, um, a lot of donations that we got through our website, uh, VeteransTrack.com, people would put a little note saying, this is in remembrance of my son or my dad, you know, or my brother mm-hmm. died uh, either through suicide um, upon their separation from the military or in combat. And so it was always very touching to have people understand that we were doing this not only for the veterans that are currently um, in need, but for those that didn't get the help they needed in time. Wow. Uh, well, it, you've been home a month now. Yep. What's it? You know, how has it been so far? Uh, for uh, me, I I think that um, I'm just now starting to uh, feel like I'm at home. Um, when we first got back, it was pretty hectic. I mean, we had uh, interviews and, uh, you know, people who wanted to meet with us and talk with us. So uh, we were we were running around like crazy uh, for, the, for that month. So now it's starting to get back to normal now. Yeah, and I think to not only echo Tom's sentiments, but when we came home, those that have been following us, they're aware that we had um, the documentary crew that had been following us for the duration of the trip, they were with us for over a week after we got home, interviewing our families and trying to uh, capture what it was like for us to come home on top of the media, on top of trying to get back into the swing of things with friends and family. Um, so just like Tom said, I'm only maybe uh, a week and a half to two weeks where I feel like, okay, I'm starting to put together a routine. I'm starting to feel like this is permanent uh, or at least somewhat permanent that I won't be leaving again here shortly. So it's certainly an experience. Um, so you stopped humming that Willie Nelson song uh, on the road again, huh? <laughs> uh, for <laughs> yeah. now. For now. <laughs> All right. So tell me about it. What lessons have you learned? Um, I um, think for uh, myself, um, specifically the things that I wanted to address um, in my own personal life, um, I shared very candidly in blogs and certainly on, you know, through different interviews that one of the things that I struggled with was um, just being numb all the time, not not being able to feel emotions, um, always being quick to access anger, but nothing else really. One of the things that I spent quite a bit of time on um, on the walk was trying to figure out why that was. And so one thing that I've learned when I come home is, when you're away and you have the time, you have the ability to, as we said many times, eliminate distractions. It's easy to focus on the things that are important to you. It's easy to be mindful of the changes that you want to make. When you come home, it's complicated. It's not, it's not as simple. The things that you want to think about, you're mixed in with a million other things for the day. So I think one of the lessons I learned that I didn't learn from my times coming back from Iraq, but I'm certainly understanding now, is vigilance. Vigilance of your own self-care, understanding that it's just important to think about the things that are affecting you as uh, the amount of time you spend ensuring the safety of people that you served with or ensuring the safety of your family. Without that ability to work on what you need to work on for yourself, you're really doing a disservice to everyone. 
Yes. And I, I'd like to just, uh, you know, I, I agree with Anthony on, on that, and that's uh, one of the most difficult things to do is to step back and uh, do a self-assessment. And, um, you know, the reason why the walks came about was because neither Anthony nor I really had the time to, you know, assess ourselves and take the time to um, really reflect on, on the things that were affecting our lives that had to do with, you know, our deployments and, um um, you know, things, the things that happened from them. So um, to be able to uh, take the time and assess is, is um, um, great, and I, I'm real thankful that we had the time to do it. And uh, hopefully we can, um, you know, share those experiences with veterans so they um, can get the ball rolling in, in doing their own self-assessment and where they want to be in life. Well, Anthony and Tom, you know, uh, this journey that you both have just completed really dovetails into a theme of veterans helping veterans, and I think that's very important. But more specifically, between now and the end of this year, we're going to see all of our men and women returning that are left in Afghanistan, and many of these individuals are going to be coming back into their home and communities after service and facing the same uh, kinds of situations that you and others face coming back from Iraq. Uh, have any ideas as, as to how you'll be able to uh, address those individuals? Because I'm sure they'll be in your community as they will be in all communities around the country. Well, I think I think Anthony and I are both taking a pretty active stance in in um, trying to and educating the community on uh, what issues veterans face. So hopefully, by doing that, we'll be able to um, you know educate the community to uh, be aware of these situations uh, when these guys and uh, girls return from. Uh, from Afghanistan or getting out of the military, and I know there's going to be a lot of them getting out and a lot of them coming back into the communities, but if we can take an active stance in, in educating the non-veteran community on these issues, um, we hopefully will be able to um, set up some sort of community net so these guys and uh, girls coming home um, don't fall through. Well, that's great because, you know, I can foresee situations of employment concerns, uh, 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 health concerns as a result of this service, injuries, uh, having to uh, uh, get back to some semblance, and really needing help, and in, in, in especially in an area that Linda deals in with those individuals who will need care, and many of that will be getting that care from uh, with their families uh, who, who will be caregivers. So I think that's something also that uh, is going to be re- really prevalent when they return back to us. I think if I could add to that, I think one thing that gets overlooked a lot is that there are certainly going to be veterans um, struggling with mental health, substance abuse, and employment issues, but I think the vast majority of veterans are going to come back and they're going to feel as though there's nothing wrong with them. They're going to go back. They're going to get back into the swing of things. And for some of them, they'll be affected by the war, but they won't have, you know, the issues that some of the other veterans do. And they'll find their ways to college campuses. If they're not able to find employment, they'll have the GI Bill. It'll give them an opportunity to um, expand their education and 
you know, through the GI Bill, at least give them, you know, a stipend where they can they can live while they're transitioning. It's going to be difficult, I think, for universities to deal with an influx of younger veterans. Um, I know for me, when I went back to college, it was always difficult trying to relate to my peers in class. Um, oftentimes, I'd be the only service member um, that was in the class, and when I wasn't, you could tell immediately um, as someone walked in, like, that person was in the military, um, and you'd kind of find your way to them. It's finding a way to support those veterans that are leaving a very structured environment in the military, and quite honestly, going into an environment where they choose, do I want to go to class today or not? These are not choices that you had. Do I want to go to formation today or not? Do I want to go to mission today or not? And they'll find ways to again, slip through the cracks. So I think beyond the mental health and the physical health, we also have to look at those that are going to come back and um, go back into the university system to make sure that they're getting the support that they need um, in an environment that I think for the next several years is going to see quite a bit of young veterans. Right, right. Again, it's break time. Thirsty yet? Hope you're standing by. Keep checking our website. Coming very soon. In fact, an exciting news story will be posted this week. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Anthony and Tom. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our Veteran Trek heroes, Anthony and Tom. And uh, Bill, you wanted to talk more about the educational process here. Well, I just wanted to offer up to uh, Anthony and, and Tom that I think that they can be a tremendous resource in their community, uh, in particular in, in the area at the colleges and universities, and helping them to prepare and to be able to expect these individuals that are going to be returning back from uh, from Afghanistan and uh, some of the uh, uh, special things that they might be able to do in helping with this uh, uh, integration and uh, services that they might be able to uh, make available to them as they get back in. You know, it's going to be difficult for a lot of them getting into a study mode back in school and the regiment of that. So I, I think you guys can be tremendous the sources and uh, and moving that along. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, for me personally, um, one of my uh, issues I had when I when I got back, you know, I, I had uh, a pretty rough deployment, and um, I I personally, looking back on it, I wasn't ready uh, to go to college. Um, I used the GI Bill to um, as a living stipend, and that's basically it. So. Um, Veterans who are interested in going back to school need to uh, take the steps to uh, educate themselves on um, what what college life is really about and uh, what going to going to school is is, is about. Um, so it it can be you know there's, there 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 are pitfalls um, that you can come across, but you just got to be uh, make sure you're ready um, to do that. One of the other things that, uh, veterans who do decide to go back to school can do, um, they can, uh, decide to get involved in, uh, or start veterans groups in, in their, in their college. I know, uh, when I went to, uh, UWM, uh, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, um, I got involved with Student Veterans of America, and, um, that was, uh, pretty helpful for me to, um, you know, just be around veterans who are going through uh, college as well and, um, you know, have, have a, a stable group of, of veterans that um, are in your uh, situation. All right. Linda, remember uh, we had on the air with us uh, an entrepreneur um, boot camp for entrepreneur veterans? EBV, entrepreneur yes. Boot camp. Yes. yes, that's another avenue. Just to, yes. tail, to tag on to the tail of Student Veterans of America, there are a growing number of representatives at lots and lots of the major universities across the country. So that's a fantastic organization to hook up with, and I'm glad there was contact with them because they really do help and understand the reintegration issues. The EBD program is a really strong specialty program for those, as you know, who want to go into their own business. And it's very highly competitive at seven universities across the country. But there are a growing number of universities and colleges who understand that vets have unique gifts to offer, but also may need a different avenue to come back in before things normalize again. So fantastic uh, commentary on what may happen when this new group comes home, because there will be a varied experience if they know about these organizations, can truly smooth the way. 
No, if Linda. I could then I'd also like to add um, information on one other group, um, ACP, American Corporate Partners. Both Tom mm-hmm. and I um, took advantage of the opportunity to get a year-long mentorship with them. And um, basically what they do is it's a simple application process. It's it's very easy. It's like filling out any standard form that you filled out a million times in the military. But they'll pair you with someone in the business world on topics that you want to learn about, and it's completely free for you. You can meet with these people. They can give you projects. You can bring work from your work to them um, to have them oversee it, kind of overlook it, edit it, things of that nature, and really help you refine some of your business skills. Um, So, again, there are things that are available for veterans. They just have to know about them. And then when they know about them, they have to find how it will work for them and the uh, Mm -hmm. opportunities that they're they're going after. Well, I also wanted to uh, add, uh, Linda, that I was a uh, 2012 graduate of the EVV program out at the University of Syracuse. So I've been through the program. (laughs) Thank you. I've been through the program, and I highly recommend it. If there's, uh, you know, veterans out there that are interested in starting their own business, it's an uh, eight-day crash course in business school. Um, they help you develop a business plan. They help you develop uh, your ideas. Um, you have a bunch of, uh, you know, entrepreneurial uh, uh, business owners that come in and address you. You can ask them questions. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an awesome program, and I uh, highly recommend it. And the cost is really good, too. Yeah. Doesn't right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Linda, do you have to be uh, disabled in order to, uh, to get everything paid for? Well, I would direct those to Tom and Anthony because they're the experts on the details of the program. Okay. Right. Um, the I believe it's for disabled veterans. So yeah, I think you believe you have to have yes. a thirty percent disability rating or higher. Um, and then, um, you know, your airfare, your hotel room, and everything is taken care of uh, for um, the duration of the uh, um, classes. Yeah, and I think ACP, I don't think you have to be disabled. I think you just have to be a veteran. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh, Gary and Linda, you know, uh, Bob Sharp's my partner. Uh, we have this saying because we really believe it's true that the greatest void in the veteran community is a lack of information, primarily knowing how to navigate all the systems that are there to help and assist. And I think that Tom and Anthony can be uh, uh, great representatives in that area in filling that gap of uh, information and uh, we, we might just call them information ministers within the veteran community. Wow, I've never, I've never been a minister of anything. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> well, now you are. Awesome. All right. So let me ask you, Anthony, what's, what's the future hold uh, for both of you? Well, I think uh, right now, you know, we're, as we talked about in the beginning, we're trying to find our way, um, <laughs> we're trying to find our way back home at this moment. Um, physical presence is one thing. Being back and applying the lessons that you've learned on the road is another. Um, making them habits, making uh, making sure that you're doing your due diligence, not only for your family and your friends and your employers, but also for yourself. So I think in the near future, Tom and I will continue to take the lessons that we learned from not only our own reflection, but um, 
I look at it as being fortunate to have met the people that we met that were able to, you know, convey certain messages uh, to us um, in the same manner that we learned from Vietnam veterans that it was time to stand up and be active and do the things that we needed to do. So I think for the near future we'll be doing that. Um, beyond that, I think that both Tom and I um, really want to find a way to help veterans have the experience that we had when we were out on the trek. Um, I think that we certainly want to find ways to develop um, opportunities for veterans to go on treks that are led by veterans, um, applying peer support models to them, um, and try to give them the opportunity to step back and away from those distractions, you know, and really have a good experience. I think the one thing that is kind of glossed over, not only by other people, but certainly by Tom and I in the experience was that we acquired a huge amount of new memories, ways that we applied lessons from the military into what we were doing, new experiences that replace old ones that were always finding a way to creep in, um, especially at times when we didn't want to think about them. Now we have this whole new set of experiences, this whole new set of memories, and it really changes how you think about things. Um, the opportunity to put everything through the lens of military through combat is certainly important. Um, it's not something that I ever want to lose. However, I would like the opportunity to more regularly use a different lens to look through the world, and I think that that's one thing that the Trek provided me was this whole new way of looking at things. And I know that Tom and I, we really want to take the opportunity to give veterans a chance to experience that as well. All right. Now, we, one thing we didn't, if we can go back, one, I don't think we touched on, uh, Tom, do you have any children? I do not, no. Okay, um, uh, Anthony does, you got about eight of them, Anthony? Oh, I have one. I have one. Okay. <laughs> if I have oh, okay. eight, I've got some, some things to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to find out how did, and it's, it's a young, young lady, correct? Yeah, she turned two okay. when we were in the Mojave Desert. All right. All right. Now, how is she taking your uh, being back home? She missed you for um, five months. You know, quite honestly, I was nervous about how things would be when I came home. Um, I think the biggest thing was from August to February, I realized that in an adult's lifespan, that's a fairly insignificant amount of time, but we're adults and we're developed. In a young child's time, they develop so much. When I left, my daughter said maybe a few dozen words. When I came back, she was putting together short sentences. Um, right. I was afraid that I would frustrate her because kids, they're vocal, and if they're not understood, they don't know how to say it a different way, so they act out. And I thought me not understanding how she communicates would be an issue. It really hasn't been. Um, I, <laughs> I have uh, taken up a new hobby. I've begun to paint my daughter's fingernails because she seems to enjoy that quite Aww. a bit. And so, like, I still have a little purple glitter, or she calls it purple sparkly, on my thumb because she wanted to do it back to me. So I think that my relationship with my daughter, um, I think it's great. I think she's really happy that I'm home. Um, she's always been wanting to go by her mom, but her mom tells me, you know, like, when you leave, she's worried. You know, like, where'd daddy go? When is he coming back? And so I, I think that some of the things that I was concerned about 
you know, we're just kind of due to a lack of experience of <laughs> um, having a little kid before. So, but things yes. have been very good. Definitely. Man, pretty soon it will be, Dad, can I have the car keys? Um, oh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, and be mm-hmm. sure to have a big shotgun, too. Um, I have two girls, <laughs> and I understand that. We're going to take a short break, but before we do, I just want to remind everyone that American Heroes Network is not just a radio program. In order for you to stay updated on everything that we're doing, go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. We are also available uh, on mobile, on all mobile devices, and all our radio shows are on demand 24-7. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda, Bill, and our guest, Anthony and Tom. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our Veteran Truck Heroes, Anthony and Tom. And uh, Bill? You want to yes, take- Anthony and Tom, as we, uh, as we uh, resume here, 
Um, can you tell us uh, any experiences uh, that you observed uh, while you were away on this uh, on this journey that you think that would be very helpful and uh, important that we could reveal to our, our listeners today? Yeah, um, uh, we we ran into a lot of uh, ton of veterans on, on the trek, and we we always tried to uh, ask them, you know, try to check the temperature and see, you know, what issues they're facing, and you know how veterans are supporting each other in their communities and. Um, we were supported by a veteran um, in uh, Kingman, Arizona, and um, he's an Afghanistan war veteran. Uh, he um, actually ended up putting, you know, a ton of miles on his car to uh, help help support us, and, you know, we stayed at his house for about two weeks. And um, he, he really uh, set an example of, of how veterans should uh, be supporting each other. And uh, while we were there... Um, he got a phone call about a uh, Korean War vet who had, who had gone missing. He left a note, um, you know, for his wife, and he had been drinking, and um, he, he ended up leaving his home, and no one knew where he was. Uh, so the veteran uh, we were staying with, um, who had no connection to this, to this uh, Korean War veteran whatsoever, just got up and um, said, I got to go help. And he went out and uh, talked to his wife. And, um, you know, he, he ended up talking to the police department, and the police department there um, wouldn't file a missing person uh, report until uh, 24 hours had passed. So uh, this was an older gentleman, too, with oxygen tank and, and you know, the whole nine yards. So if, if he was out in the desert at night, um, there's no way uh, he would be coming back. So the sense of urgency was, was, was there. Um, the uh, the Afghanistan uh, veteran went out of his way and uh, came back home and said, "I, I gotta, you know, we gotta find this guy." Uh, went on Facebook right away and put up, uh, you know, a missing person. Um, contacted as many veterans as he knew, um, and they ended up uh, ended up finding him. And uh, he he didn't end there. He uh, as soon as he the uh, Korean War vet got home, um, you know the Afghanistan War vet went over there and talked to him and said, "Hey, we need to get this guy the help that he needs." So I mean, it's examples like those um, that really stand out in my mind to to kind of convey the message that we need to support each other um, after we get out of the military. And you know, we do it in the military. There's no reason why uh, we should stop uh, looking after each other after uh, we separate. Hmm. Well, you know that that, that that's very important, uh, uh, Anthony and Tom. And uh, my experience. In working uh, in in government, both at uh, the state and the local level, and and especially when you're dealing with veterans, you, you know you run into situations where there are gaps in services and help and assistance at the lo- local level that they can help. And, and these are not always uh, uh, situations where money in in any additional right. amounts have to be uh, spent. It's just that they need to be directed in that direction and given some education. And here again, I think that you guys can be very important uh, in your areas and even around the country to bring stories such as to that at the, at the local level that they can help and assist us as we uh, 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 resume our semblance of order when, uh, when we return. Right, no, I, I totally agree. agree. 
Say again? I was just saying that I would agree with that, and I would add that um, I think sometimes the struggles that veterans have with seeking out help is that they deal with people that have never been in their position, that aren't veterans, um, that don't understand the urgency, that also don't understand how veterans operate um, when it comes to an expectation of uh, moving with a quickness, moving with a purpose, um, doing it you know, because it's your job, not because you don't really feel like moving that fast today. Sometimes it takes one chance to ruin any other opportunity for someone to ask for help. That veterans, like any other people, you know, any other person, veterans are not unique to this, have a great deal of pride in themselves and who they are and what they stand for and the things that they've done. And I think that if people understand that they're operating with people that not only stood up for themselves but for other people, that their expectations are raised because expectations were raised for them. Mm-hmm. That when they come, they expect some sense of reciprocity. That if you served in the military, where you were always, it was always a demand of you from the time you signed on the dotted line, that you will meet and exceed every standard that's put in front of you. I think that it, it, it's normal then for someone to come in and be frustrated when they're not seeing the same urgency or effort um, reciprocated to them when they're now asking for something. So I think that the minimum that people that work in those fields could do is if you can't understand where a veteran is coming from, put it in the context of another person, that this person needs my help, that this person doesn't know where to turn, that they found their way to me, that there's a reason that they found their way to me, and make it an opportunity for you to demonstrate to them not only how you can help, but that there is a network there so that if they have trouble again in the future, they can feel comfortable seeking out those alternatives, those resources. Um, at Dry Hoochoo, was, you know, said repeatedly that it might be the first time a veteran is asking for help. Don't give them a bad experience. Don't give right. them a reason to say this isn't for me. Give them a reason to say, like, not only is this for me, but this is something I need to tell other people about. And so I think that if we could eliminate that frustration from the mix, which I know is monumental and nearly impossible because they're dealing with humans and it's human nature, to not always be in the best mood. But if you can understand at that time that person needs you, I think that it would, you know, change a lot of things just at the very base level. Right. Well, you know, Anthony and Tom, it's that time for the show to uh, come to a close. And I want to thank both you guys for being on the show today. Anthony, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? And don't forget your website. Sure. Um, I think it's important that people understand that they can still follow us, that while the trek from Milwaukee to L.A. is over, um, our work isn't over. Continue to follow us on social media. Continue to follow us um, on our website, VeteransTrek.com. Continue to check in and see what we're doing. We're, We're still trying to put together things uh, for other veterans. Um, I think the last thing that I'd share is just kind of an echo of Tom's sentiments at our welcome home party, that it really is the community's responsibility to get involved, that it really is incumbent on them to understand this is my role in the war effort, that I did not serve, that I've never served, but this is how I serve. And when people get that idea in their head, a lot more can be taken advantage of, a lot more can be done, a lot more results can be seen, and a lot more people can be helped. That's right. Tom? Um, yeah, I mean, the work uh, begins at the community level. Um, you can't you can't look, look up to the state, can't look up to the federal to take care of these things. I mean, the veterans are in 
your community. They're, you know, going to school with your kids. I mean, they're, they're um, your neighbors. So if we can, you know, start affecting change on the community level, I think we're, we'll be able to reach a lot more veterans. Right, that's true. Again, uh, Bill, do you have any comments or Linda? Anthony and Tom, thank you very much uh, for what you've done and your work and your commitment continues. Thank you. And I would only add that I believe the tentacles of outreach that you all put in place will only grow over time. So thank you so much for the diligence and effort you put forth. Thank you very much. The American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda and Bill, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice of America on the Variety Channel. Our live show airs every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a terrific week. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation.